Hey, y'all. You're listening to How I Got Here with Drina Whitfield, the podcast that dives deep into the unique journeys of some of the dopest entrepreneurs, business leaders, and personalities I know. I'm your host, Drina Whitfield. I created this podcast to have real, honest conversations about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Grab your notebook, sit back, relax, and catch these gems. So today we are talking with the photographer behind your favorite New York street style images. Her work has been featured in and on Essence Magazine in different digital platforms like BET, Refinery29, Exo Nicole, ASOS, Time Magazine, and many others. Thank you, Taylor Baldwin, for joining me for how I got here today. Thank you for having me. Yay. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. I, you know, was stalking you for a minute to do my headshots for me and my team. And we've worked together maybe twice and the photos always come a bomb. Of course, when I wanted to talk about talk with mompreneurs, I definitely thought about you. So thank you for joining me. Yes. So exciting. So I know now like you're this highly sought after, you know, major dope photographer, but I really want to take it back to the beginning and talk about your journey to getting here. Um, I want to talk about the ups, the downs, the like moments where you were like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and then some of like the bright spots that you were like, you know, what, I'm really good at, good at this, but I want to take it back. I want to go all the way back to high school. I ask everyone that comes on here this question. And that is, what did you write in your high school yearbook when you were graduating, when it said, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> oh, that's so funny because I legit was just going through my yearbook. <laughs> really? You still have it? I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not as old as people think I am. So I'm not going to ask you how I'm old you 20. are, but okay. I'm 28. So Really? Tell Is that who would think I'm way older, but I'm really not? <laughs> Listen, you out here killing it at 28. <laughs> I still wrote something that's way, that's not what I'm doing at all. I wrote that I would be in a corner office as like a marketing exec somewhere. That was always my dream to just have a corner office (laughs) the head of you and just have like a cute job in marketing. I don't know why I thought I was going to do that (laughs) because I didn't really like my marketing class, but for some reason, I really just wanted a corner office. That was my only goal. But you know what? Like growing up, a corner office meant that you were a boss. You know exactly. what I'm saying? <laughs> and you and you are. You still are a boss. Yeah. I you know, have a different corner office. And listen, <laughs> you make that corner office wherever you land. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> So once you graduated college, what was your journey from there? I know you graduated with a degree in fine arts. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty obvious that you always wanted to go into the arts, but was it always photography? It wasn't even always the arts. When I first went to school, I went to school for business. So Uh I did try to get the marketing corner office. So I went to school (laughs) for that first and it just wasn't working out. I just wasn't super passionate about it. I think I was super into the visual part of it. I just had never seen anyone do what I do. So I didn't know how to articulate what exactly I wanted to do. I just knew that 
my parents that get a job. Like I knew that I had to get a job because I've only seen nine to five workers in my family. Uh, my aunt was a chemical engineer. So I've seen someone go to school for something and then have like the six figure income and do all the amazing things. But I've never, I never saw anyone be an artist. Like I never, I never saw that. I had a cousin, but he passed away before I was even born. His name was Joe and he was a fashion designer and he would do all the balls, the drag queen things. Yes. He was like, he designed stuff for Teddy Pendergrass. He was a part of the Wiz. So that was like, it's in my family, but I just never, nobody ever sat me down and said, here are your options because your cousin did this. It just wasn't brought up until I became this person. So yeah, so I was in school studying business that didn't work out. And then I just had a talk with my counselor one day in the middle of one of my classes, I just walked out and went to the counselor and was like, what else can I do? (laughs) Makes sense to me. And my mother said, I have to come home with the degree. So what is it that I can do? Because I have to stop doing this. And I ended up like switching majors in like middle of like being a junior and switching schools. Wait, junior year? Junior yeah, year? Working out. <laughs> you were like, and this ain't it. I was just, I'm not, I'm not going to stay here anymore. This doesn't make sense to me. I just can't do this. I don't like it. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I switched majors and I switched schools and I was not advised to do either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just thinking about the, the drastic change, right? The financial yeah. obligations to it changing your junior year, because that's normally along the time when folks are like, you know, next year I got to get my, my senior internship, which is going to be on my path to my potential entry-level job. And you were like, doing you're not a saying that. I was like, I'm not doing it. Like all my friends are about to graduate from different schools. And I'm just like, so girl, I'm gonna start over. And I was just, because (laughs) this is not it for me. I feel like I've always been a super creative person. And it just was like, no, I'm just, I'm going to study art. And I was advised, just don't do that. What's the it's no point of doing that, Taylor. You've come this far. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to figure it out a different way. And luckily I got into one of like the best art schools in Philly and I got a scholarship because I feel like I had a natural creative thing going on. Oh, wow. So once you transitioned to the new school, you it was another four year? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> So once you graduated, what was your what was your first gig out of college? Was it in alignment with your degree now? Yeah. So while I was in school, I was just a crazy person. So while I was in school, I I was a mom because I had my daughter young. So I was a mom. I was working as a corporate event planner and I was doing fashion week and stuff. So a lot of the stuff that I was doing, I was doing it while I was in school getting my degree for fine art. So yeah, my first fashion week, I think that was like my sophomore going, no, my junior year. I did my first fashion week, fell in love with that. And everything that I was presenting in art school was always based around lifestyle, fashion, Black women. It always had the same feel to it. So I was really this person that was like a sore thumb in this fine art school full of like mostly white women because it was an all-girls school. And I was this black girl 
only photographing black women and I'm doing street style. So I'm really going against a lot of things that are happening around me. And I stuck to it, even though teachers were like, girl, do something else. Like, why are you not doing anything else? But I've always been super passionate about photographing black women and getting into fashion somehow. So, yeah. Let's take it back even a step further. So you you were doing all this while you had a newborn, right? She was, I think she was like two or three. Oh, but she was still a baby, baby. Yeah, still a baby. Still like can't do stuff on her own. So Right. So yeah. how are you how are you juggling that and your full course load? I don't know. So <laughs> I don't even know. Because listen, I had my son years after I graduated and I was still yeah. working and I was like, I don't know how the hell if I was your age at the time, I don't know how I would be able to do that while doing yeah. like a full course load. So, you know, kudos to you. But how did you do it? <laughs> I really have no idea. Um, luckily, I had an amazing tribe. And I feel like that's the only way I got through is my mom, my grandma, and my father and her dad. Everyone pretty much had to rally around me. Like They might not have understood why I was going so hard to be an artist because they all just were like, oh, it's a struggling artist because that's the thing. Like You're going to struggle and you're working hard. You're investing in struggling. No problem. <laughs> But they all rallied around me. My grandmother retired from her job to help me. So everyone kind of rallied around me. I took Uh her to class sometimes. So it really was like a struggle. It was a lot going on. But that's why I always feel like this is definitely my purpose because I went so hard to make it happen. And it just, it was, it was failure never crossed my mind. Like it never crossed my mind that this, this could all not happen for you. You could just be investing all this money all to like get the job you hate and just live a a mediocre life like that. It just, it never (laughs) crossed my mind. Always was like, it's going to work out. I never thought that I wasn't going to be this person. So I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That just speaks to like having a laser focus on your dream, uh, yeah. regard like no matter what that is. Like, and I love that you said failure wasn't an option for you because a lot of folks who go into entrepreneurship, the ones that are most successful, they all have that same uh, mind frame of thinking. Yeah. So your first gig out of college was a corporate event planner, right? So I was doing that while I was in college. Oh. So while- <laughs> well, I was in Listen, all these hats you were wearing. <laughs> I was a corporate event planner and I quit that my junior year. And that's when I became a full-time photographer. Okay. Yeah. And so how was that struggle? Was there a struggle with that? Like becoming oh, a full-time yeah. entrepreneur? I mean, for, photographer? For sure. Because I had no plan. Like, <laughs> I, I one day pulled into my job's parking lot. And it was like the normal story of like, you keep pulling into the parking lot crying because you hate this job and you don't want to go inside. And it's just like, oh my God, please just let, like, let something happen to the building. So I don't (laughs) have to go inside of it right now. Just please. One day I pulled in and I just wrote my boss an email like, hey, I'm going to focus my time on school because I'm about to graduate and I quit. (laughs) That's how you wrote it? I don't know. <laughs> I know it was a very like two sentence. Like, why would you write someone this email? <laughs> and I walked in and I was like, hey, did you get my email? Because 
I got to make sure you got it because <laughs> it took me a lot to write this email in this parking lot two seconds ago. <laughs> I got it because I'm jumping on faith right now and I just need to make sure it was nothing to mess it up. Because if you didn't get it, I probably would still be at that job. Because <laughs> I just, I just get, I was so nervous to do it. But they got the email and I quit. And I just was like, oh my God, why would you do that? Like, what is wrong with you? But that's, again, I was like, this is my purpose. Like you, you can't fail. Like you're not going to fail at this. It's, that's not an option. So yeah, it definitely was a struggle, but it was, it was definitely worth it because I had an amazing tribe and things kind of picked up fairly fast. Like it was just like, oh, this is what I'm really meant to do because I'm doing it. So I was I was going to ask, like, how soon did you start to to get clients? Like, who was your first like sort of subjects that you were you were photographing, and how did you get them? Instagram. So I because I love street style, so I really just reached out to bloggers that were in Philly, and uh, I think the first the first blogger I worked with was It's a Rocky World. She had, she moved from, I forget where she was living, but it wasn't Philly. She moved here for her fiance at the time. They just got married. Um, fiance and, and she, when I think she said she just moved here a week ago and I reached out to her. I assume she always lived here. So I reached out to her to shoot with her and we just built something shooting together all the time. And it really gave me good practice. And then I reached out to my epiphany, a lot of different bloggers in New York because I essentially wanted to be traveling back and forth because fashion and street style is in New York. So I really just built relationships with different influencers, offering them free photo shoots and just practicing and practicing and practicing some more on them and doing fashion week and kind of just putting myself out there, not really making any money, but putting myself out there. That's what I was going to ask. I was definitely going to ask that. Like, were you, was this like a barter situation or were you just offering your services for free or were you, you know, taking whatever you could get? Sometimes I would get paid. Sometimes I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like a barter of like, oh, I'll post you because I have this many followers and all these things. So. A lot of time there was no money involved um, <laughs> because I really just was trying to figure out if street style was my thing and practicing with them and having them have like larger platforms than me. And it was just playing chess at that moment, trying to figure out how to leverage relationships and build them and just practice at the same time. Right. And um, I appreciate you saying that because I feel like we live in a world now where folks want instant gratification, folks want to instantly be like this well-known uh, photographer, blogger, model, whatever, and are demanding coins. Where it's yeah. like, if you do things for free or for a nominal fee now, while you're still grinding and building, the bigger bags will come. 
Exactly. And that's the one thing like I tell people, people always ask me like, so how do I do it? Like, how do I get this person? How do I? I'm like, girl, you, your work is going to suck at first. And that's fine. <laughs> like you have <laughs> to just keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. And if you can grind it out and have like your work not be the greatest, you're, you may not be shooting like your favorite street style photographer, but she'll get there if you just keep working and working and working. And sometimes you're, most times you're not going to get paid and it's fine because you can practice with these bigger fish and have them critique at them say, you know, my other photographer shoots like this. And I would send my work out to street style photographers that I love. I would say, Hey, can you critique my work? Tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I would build from there and I would just keep shooting, telling my friends like, Hey girl, we're going to brunch, but dress cute. I'm bringing my camera. Like I was constantly trying to be a better photographer because this is what I really wanted to do. And even when it was bad, I still was posting it. And I just was still showing up, even though the work wasn't something that I love. I knew at one point, some point I'm going to love what I'm creating. Right. Because practice makes perfect. Right. And I mean, your images are bomb. Like your New York street style photos have like a cult following to them now. Yeah. So I want to talk about some of your first street style images. Like how did that come about after like once you got in a groove? I know you said you were just randomly hitting up bloggers for a minute, but yeah. let's just talk about like that process. Yeah. So my because fashion week and doing street style like that is just people crossing the street and you just shoot them and you post them and you see how they go. So for me, I was definitely scared. My first fashion week, I was like, I don't want to get out the car. I don't want to do this anymore. Because oh. <laughs> it's like a nervous, it's like a sea of photographers and a bunch of people just trying to get their photo taken. And it's like, it's a little bit intimidating at first. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, what? How do I, I'm like, excuse me, can I get the picture? It's like, it's a weird thing happening. But once I did my first one, it's it became like an addictive thing. Like it was like a high, like a rush, getting that shot and getting that moment and learning like the the right place to stand and the pose that will just have everyone go crazy, getting that walking shot, doing all the things. So by my second one, I was I was in the groove because it was like, oh, I like this. Like, this is fun. This is a moment. And seeing different Instagram photographers like Thug Nanny at the time. Now she's chasing Denise. When she was Thug Nanny and she was out there with Krizada, that was like goals for me. Like, I mm-hmm. need to be out here like her. Like, these two are killing everything that they do like that was the holy grail to me that was like i have to get those shots like i need that if i get that i'm good i'm here i've proven myself like i can do it if i can get that so yeah i think working with like my epiphany and courtney it was this one shot i did of courtney and i was like oh i did it i got it because <laughs> like, yes. it was shot in the middle of Soho and I was like oh my god girl this this is this is it it's done you you did it keep going and keep getting better because you got the shot that you always wanted to get that Soho moment is like incredible (laughs) what like what's your strategy to to capture the shot or to get the model's attention 
Especially if you've never worked with them. Because I imagine in the beginning, that's like probably a little bit of awkwardness, right? Yeah, it's definitely a little awkward. Especially if the person is not super comfortable in what they're doing yet. But for me, I love people's natural movement. And I learned that when you pose people, sometimes it gets to be a little bit tight and stuffy and it doesn't feel natural because you just set her up like this. And maybe that's not even how she feels comfortable. So I love natural. The guy always say, just walk, walk how you would usually walk just a little slower and just, and you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until you get the shot and you get into the groove. So I'm super big on natural movement and not so much stand. Okay. So stand like this, do like this. I'd rather just see how your body naturally moves and works its way into different poses. So that's what I've learned works more than posing someone. Got it. Yeah. You mentioned not too long ago just about when you had your your aha moment, like, yo, I got the shot. When did you realize that people are really looking at your work and you were starting to gain a name for yourself? It was essence. And it was, and but I feel like before that, I kind of knew, but Essence was that moment because I had applied to Essence for my junior internship and I got nothing back. And I was like, oh my God, like if I can't do an Essence, I'm not going to do. So it was amazing to, to be in my car. I remember where I was at, I was getting pizza <laughs> and I was sitting in my car, like the usual thing where it's like self-care to sit in your car for 30 minutes when you get home. And I was just sitting there and I got an email and it was like, hey, we're doing our first beauty carnival. We would love for you to come and be the street style photographer. We've been looking at your work for a while. We love it. Please let us know your rates. And I instantly just like broke down and cried because I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Here (laughs) you won an internship here and you couldn't get it. But. You quit your job. You did all of these things. You worked hard for this moment for you to get an email from Essence for something that you built yourself. Like it wasn't about internship. It was about some business. You are paid your rate. Everything fell into place at that moment. I was like, oh, my God, their first beauty carnival and they're reaching out to me like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because look, Essence, you know, this is a black woman. Essence is like our pinnacle of like, if I'm in Essence, I've made it. Like if I'm working with Essence, I've like, I'm killing it. Exactly. So I know you, I'm like, I know you were hyped then because I feel it. Let's talk a little bit about you deciding to inclusively shoot only black women. Yeah. Like, why did you feel this was what you needed to do with your work. I'm all about it, but (laughs) (laughs) listen, because with PR's Black Girl Magic Headquarters, but why, why did you feel like this is what you needed to do? It just always felt right. Like, I feel like I've always been brewing as for seeing my mom get Ebony Essence Jet in the mail as a kid Mm -hmm. and nurtured in this like Black experience. And just seeing like women that look like me, but growing up and then being aware that, oh, but there are 15,000 other magazines that don't include women like me. So it just was constantly growing and seeing that. And when I picked up the camera, I was 
drawn to black women that just was like it was the easy thing for me and it was something that I didn't realize that I was doing I definitely was shooting other influencers that were white and everything else above I was shooting them but it wasn't the same as when I was shooting black women it just didn't it didn't feel the same just because I I know the horror stories that black women go through with like photo shoots and looking orange and having their body photoshopped wrong and things just looking kind of just not so great. So when I had my internship, and it's so funny because like this this Asian guy that I did my internship with, he's my internship host. He's the reason why I just started saying it because I had never said it. Like my work was kind of showing it because I was just photographing black women and maybe like a sprinkle of like a white girl here and there will come up on my page. But I mostly was shooting black women. And he just kept a- asking me like, why are you not saying it and just doing it? Like, what's the problem with just saying that you only work with black women? And I just was like, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to mess up no money. And I don't want (laughs) this and that. He was like, who cares? You're, you're, you're saying it without saying it. So you might as well just say it. And I was like, so, but how do I say it? And, and it was just this, this weird thing where he was talking about his business and how he was, when he was first building it, he would say he's for everybody. And then he realized the clothing that he was providing in his store had a certain tax bracket that you had to meet to even want to buy the stuff. So you're actually not for everybody. You're actually mm-hmm. for the town Philly that live in these townhomes, high rises. You're actually not for the college kids. So stop making her in your branding because that doesn't even show your clients. So he was talking about him learning that process. And he, we just sat there. And we we came up with the tagline of I'm a visual photographer that creates stories that star black women. And that was it. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said it. <laughs> and and the minute I said it, things took off because it just was like, oh, this that's you said it like. Yeah, so yeah. I love that he helped you come to that realization and yeah. actually like verbally saying what you're actually doing. Yeah. So let's talk about Essence and just that experience. Like what happened when you got there? Like were you overflow like were you flooded with like emotions because you dreamed of like this opportunity? Whew, yeah. yeah. Because I showed up there and um the first day I got there super early because I was like, oh my God. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Hype>, just hype. <laughs> And I met up with the girl that was like my point of contact to get my badge and everything because I was, I didn't know that I was the only street style person and they had like 10 photographers inside, but I was the only one outside doing street style. And most of the photographers inside were men, which was kind of weird to me because (laughs) this is a black girl show, but whatever. So all of them were men. and. She gave me my badge and she just was sitting there with me and she was like, oh, so I know you've worked with us before. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I haven't. And she was <laughs> like, no, no, I've seen you at stuff and you tag us. I was like, yeah, I was at your stuff. I wasn't working. <laughs> I was trying to get I was, on. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to get in here. So I was tagging y'all so y'all would see it. And I was treating it like it was a job, but I never worked here. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> we thought... <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's not what's going on. 
But that was like an amazing thing because I was like, oh, you guys were seeing it. So it worked. Like you It guys, worked. Look, it, it worked. worked. To be like the weird one with her camera out stopping everybody <laughs> as if I was working. <laughs> I was like, oh, that paid off. Good to know. But she like the moment of getting like that press badge where you can go anywhere you want to go. And it's like it's like a moment because you're outside and everyone's going to want you to stop them. And it was the moment people being like, aren't you mama? And it was like, oh my God, y'all did not just recognize me. <laughs> so it was like this amazing emotional moment of, oh my God, this is super incredible. Like stopping Dapper Dan, stopping Sierra, stopping a bunch of people and having to be like, of course, take it, take the photo. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like y'all want me to take your picture? Like, what is going on here? And just creating like these, these amazing street style moments and knowing like every woman that showed up, shows up is going to be an amazing black woman. Like it's, it's just gonna, it was just a beautiful two days of just nothing but black women showing up in their best street style. And just, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Oh, Taylor. Cause I rem- I remember no, cause I'm like hyped for you. Cause I remember the first beauty carnival, and honestly, from me looking in as an outsider, I legit thought you had already been doing your thing like that with essence, with the essences of the world. Uh, so honestly, that's dope, and that's major for you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, because taking that first step of quitting and really trying to pursue your dream, not knowing what the other end could look like or would look like, and you still like passionately pursuing it is is like a major accomplishment. And then for you to land Essence, you know, that's huge. Yeah. It was a good moment. It was a good moment. (laughs) I want to talk about Glow Black Girl Glow. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Tell me what, like, what, I need to know all the things. What is it? How did you come up with the concept? The brownstone steps? Why there? What does it mean for you? Like, talk to me about it. Yeah. So, Glow Black Girl Glow started by an accident. I just was sitting around and I was super inspired on Pinterest. And I was like, oh, I would love to get a girl that has big curly hair and a girl that has her hair shaved. And I would love to shoot them on a brownstone in Philly with baby's breath. And let's just make it a thing. Let's just shoot some portraits and call it a day. And I shot it with two girls in Philly. And after I shot it and I put them together, I was like, wow, like this feels like a thing. But what is it? Because I don't want it to turn into a series with models that are just doing too much. I want it to still feel like a supernatural thing. And then I started thinking about my work and how I show up in that and photographing black women, how like some women I don't even have the chance to meet or shoot. Um, So how can I network and meet women and give them also a platform to feel beautiful and feel seen and just feel acknowledged in everything they're doing? So then I was like, okay, let's make it something where we featured women and we just told them just to go girl, just go. And I was like, oh my God, we can call it Glow Black Girl Glow. And I called all my friends, like, this sounds stupid to you, Glow Black Girl Glow. And they were like, no, it sounds so bomb. You should do it. <laughs> um, and then I just started photographing like 
women that I already worked with, women that like I was friends with that had amazing things going on. And we just went back to that brownstone, added baby's breath. And then talking to me, like, you know, baby's breath symbolizes new beginnings and just all these things. And I was like, oh, my God, I never knew the baby's breath meant so much. So so I definitely have to keep going, keep Mm -hmm. doing it and see how it evolves. And yeah, and just I just started featuring different women and then traveling to New York with it and just kind of making it a thing. And then we had an event before the pandemic hit. Um, I had the Glow Black Girl Glow Mixer February 1st of last year. And that was an incredible thing. People coming out and having like their portrait done in a space, sitting around networking, me talking about the series. I had a mixologist there that made signature drinks. And it was just like a beautiful Black girl experience. So I knew I had to keep going because people kept, (laughs) when they come to an event, and they love seeing the portraits. So yeah, now it's a thing. And <laughs> I have amazing Black women. And yeah, I love it. Now it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> this last year has been a lot for everyone with the <laughs> pandemic. And how has it affected your work? Because I imagine there haven't been many street style opportunities with the world coming to a halt. So where did, you know, is that where these other projects like Glow, uh, Glow Black Girl Glow and Black Women Being came into fruition or you were able to focus on them more? Yeah, for sure. Because when the world stopped, it kind of took me by surprise because I just was like, what do you mean we have to stay in the house? What do you mean oh, I cannot shoot? I cannot do this. <laughs> so at first it just was like, okay, I'm just going to cry for a second. And it just was like, oh my God, I'm finished. Everything is over. I worked so hard and now life is over and everything's done. No <laughs> one's going to care about me anymore. So I had my super dramatic moment. And then and then the pivot started and it was like, okay, so the world stopped. What you going to do now? Now maybe you should focus your time on your passion projects and make more work just for you because you have been so busy constantly pushing out stuff for other people and constantly making myself just the person for everyone else. And I wasn't thinking about my own artwork because essentially I am an artist. I'm not just someone that picked up a camera because it was a hustle. I, I really love the art of photography. So it was getting back to that and finding different ways to show that. So as the time progressed on and things, and I've, and I've started like, and I started shooting again, also started, falling in love with different different things like my Polaroids and now getting into doing film and video, which is something that I was like, oh, I could not do video. It's not my thing. Now it's like, oh no, girl, let's make it a thing. Let's figure this out. Let's study this. Let's figure out a different way to make Black women feel even more seen, even more beautiful. So let's start a project just called Black Women Being and let's make it a film series. Let's make it just everything that that it can be. Let's fully dive into the fine art side of things and let's just add more things to do. (laughs) I love it. You know, that was, everybody had to figure out their pivot during the pandemic, especially like very early on. So now the world is opening back up. Have you seen like your calendars? I know you're getting booked. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I'm about to book you for people hearing (laughs) this. Have things picked back up for you? Yeah. Things, have done it's it's amazing 
it's it's been it's been amazing. I definitely think I needed that dramatic moment of everything stopping. I needed that moment to just refocus and figure out what I actually loved about what I was doing. And it definitely helped me to take the pause and then to rework my website, rework my booking process um, to finally be able to hire an assistant, which is an amazing thing to do in the middle of a pandemic that's still happening, being able to bring on an employee to handle things. Exactly. That's a blessing. Exactly. So just to like take on another person and then being able to even more focus on creating artwork and having her like, because I didn't know I was hiring an assistant until she reached out to me and she was like, Hey, I would love to assist you in any way. Can you, would you like to interview me? And I was like, girl, I don't know how to do that. Like what? Like, <laughs> what, what you want to do? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do. But I interviewed her. I talked to her. Um, she actually attended the Glow Black Girl Glow event. And I talked to her and we just really like, she really believes in what I'm doing and loves the work and loves my attention to black women and what I'm doing. So she's even like started sending me stuff like, Hey, we should pitch you for this. We should send your stuff to small film festivals. We should, I'm like, girl, I would have never thought of that. So it's amazing to have someone in my corner that's thinking of me in these larger ways and seeing me as a bigger force than I even see myself as. So she definitely has been a super blessing to bring on and to watch things elevate and to have me not, so stressed out and so work, 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 work for her finding other ways for me to make money and presenting my artwork to the world. So it's been definitely an amazing shift that's happened. And that's the beauty of like growing and building a team because now you're building a team yeah, where you can focus on the actual art and the work of it. And this person can like figure out ways to make Taylor bigger than she is right now. Yeah. You better glow, Black Girl Glow. (laughs) (laughs) So Taylor, let's talk about just one maybe obstacle or hurdle that you had to face or hit during this journey. Like a lot of entrepreneurs have like their own different stories, like clients not paying, bounce checks. Like what was that for you? For me... Just because, again, going back that I am an artist. So for me, it was just getting tough skin and not taking things so personal. Mm-hmm. That was a big hurdle for me to get over because I am a naturally sensitive person. And then you add in my work, like, no, I'm sensitive. Like, don't, like, don't come for me. But <laughs> but I had to take a step back and be like, girl, she's not coming for you. You're just like, you're just not meant to work with everyone and everyone's vision is not going to align with yours. So it was like having shoots and having to learn like, oh, she didn't like the photos because it's not that they were bad. They just weren't meant for her and her business. So you can't book people like this because that's not your style and that's never going to be your style because that's not you. Right. So for me, it was just taking a step back a couple times, more than a few times and reworking. So who is my client exactly? What kind of work do I produce? Like I'm producing the same work consistently. Why are people coming to me that don't want it? They want, they come to me 
with this idea when I've never shot anything like that before. But then it's like, girl, you got to make money. So just to try it out and see what it's like, no, girl, no, no, no. You know what your style is. You know what you're meant to do. The money will come. Please stop mm-hmm. accepting people. So that was my biggest hurdle, having to take a step back and saying no to a lot of people and saying like, OK, that's a that's a hefty bag she's offering. But <laughs> I can't. I can't do it because I'm not going to have a good time doing it. I'm not going to have a good time editing. I'm going to be stressed out. She's not going to like the outcome. And just really just being able to say no, have people ask, but why can't I work with you? And it's like, girl, I understand you you like what you see, but it does not fit your brand. And I, I'm saving you a lot of trouble by telling you no. And I will refer you to another photographer because I'm not the person for you. So that was my biggest hurdle. And I mean, I think that's good. That's good advice, right? Knowing who your client and customer is, because, yeah. you know, when you're starting out, you're going to take any and everybody because you're trying to, you know, get the money, also build up your business and your expertise. Um, yeah. But along the journey, you, you realize like, oh, yeah, this ain't the type of work for me at all. <laughs> and people can be people can be brutal. So like having thick skin is definitely key across the board for any entrepreneur. But I, yeah. I imagine for you as an artist, what Erica Byer do you say? I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Exactly. So I know you're probably like extra sensitive about it. <laughs> but nonetheless, you do amazing work, Taylor. Thank you. Um <laughs> <F> them. <laughs> What would you tell someone that's, you know, looking to get into photography or just being a creative in general? I would say whatever creative lane you want to be in, I would say keep working at that muscle, keep working it out and just just be okay with the moment when you first start of things not really making sense or adding up. Because if you keep working at it and you get good at it, you'll find your tribe, like everything will come full circle for you if you just keep working at it. Because I find some people slide in my DMs, they're like, what kind of camera you use? What kind of lens you use? Who does this? I'm like, girl, I could give you everything I do. I give you the keys to everything. You still will not be able to do what I'm doing. You have to keep working and shooting and finding your style and finding the the thing that you're good at. You just you can't you can't skip the beginning. Like I say, say that you. say that again. Say that again. You, you can't. What? You cannot skip the beginning. Like that's the that's the fun, crazy, scary part Listen. of becoming good at it. Like mm-hmm. that's like, Everybody want to skip the beginning. Everybody want to skip the beginning, Taylor. <laughs> and it's the craziest thing because it's like, girl, like I promise you at some point, no one cared about me. And I had to be <laughs> fine with that. I uh-huh. had to be fully with it because I had to keep working at it. And I was like, you know what? One day, Taylor, somebody's going to be like, she's a beast. She's great at what she does. She's amazing. Todd, good good job, girl. I'm gonna get the round of applause one day. But right <laughs> about now, nobody cares. Nobody cares what you're working on. Nobody cares what you're doing. And that's fine. But keep going. If you really want to do it, keep going. So many people just stop. They're like, wait, nobody like that. Oh, I'm gonna stop doing that. No, no, no. Don't stop doing it. 
keep working at it and building it and work that muscle, whatever your thing is. You just gotta, you gotta just, I don't know. You gotta keep going. <laughs> and, and honestly, for some, it is it that start and stop process is just part of them trying to figure out what they really want to do or what, what they're good yeah. at. Right. Because folks will see other people thriving and being successful at one thing. And they're like, you know, I could do that. Like when well, she got the camera, she got a little office. I could do that too. And then realize once they try to start it and try to emulate, they can't, like you said, I can give you my camera. I can give you all the tools. I can give you all my steps, but you're not going to be able to execute it like me. And you're not, yeah. you're not able to like skip that, that beginning step that I, I had to go through or every entrepreneur had to go through of just getting started and falling the hell down. Exactly. Falling down so many times to the point where you like, I'm not getting back up. Where like, you just want to lay out in the street. You want to lay out. It's so many times where I've been sitting here and I've been like, dang, Chick-fil-A did say they was hired. Where Taylor, like, they were hiring. Like I should go over there because this is not my thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dying laughing because people who know me know that I was always like, you know what? I could always go back to J. Crew. I could always go back to J. Crew. They, I, I know how to fold some jeans. Yeah, like I was folding them sweaters in there. Like exactly. they, can't, they can't bring me back. Like, but okay. you were folding those sweaters and still like pursuing your dream, right? Exactly, doing all the things, mm-hmm. but people don't want to do all the things at all to get that aha moment. Like. I promise it's coming if you just stay down a little bit. Like if you just, just, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stay down, y'all. Just focus on the work and keep at it. So Taylor, what's next for you? Any any projects you want to share? I'm still working on Black Women Being and making that a thing. Focusing more on film right now. And doing different series that mean something and can inspire people. I would love to do a series around my grandmothers. So I'm thinking about that if they allow me to do that because they're a little bit weird about cameras and stuff. So I'm trying to do that. The, The thing on my brain right now is doing a project dedicated to Philly and the culture of Philly since that's my hometown. So I'm trying to work on that and do that in the safest way possible. Yeah. Um, It's a little bit crazy out here. But yeah, but I'm just focusing on more passion projects and making my art come to life and having an art show next year. So that's going to be exciting. So exciting. I'm excited for that. I'm definitely going to have it because I've said it too many times out loud. So (laughs) I definitely am going to have an art show next year. That means you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so where can folks follow you, book you for services? Let's share all that good stuff so I can make sure you get you get these clients that yeah. are in alignment. <laughs> that part. Um, so <laughs> follow me on Instagram at mama, M-A-M-A dot P-H-O-T-O-G. So mama photog on Instagram. And then my website is mamaphotog.com. And that's all I'm really at. I'm not really on Twitter, so it's not worth the follow. So yeah. Cool. Thank you, Taylor, so much for joining me today. I can't see what's next for you. And y'all follow her. She's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) 